0: I have come to lead you to the other shore,
1: into eternal darkness, into fire, and into ice. Welcome to St. Paxton, a narrative real play podcast created by friends to explore humanity and endure horror. A world where you can try anything.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of Welcome to St. Paxton. I am your Game Master, Veronica.
0: You're safe now.
3: I'm Stacy, and I play Bellamy Deepnow.
4: I'm Michael, and I play Todd B.
0: I'm Steph, and I play Clara Carter.
1: My name is Fred, and I play Edward Worthington III.
2: Edward. As you lift your head and look at the monitor, you see that there's sinus activity. Um, Leo's heart has stopped beating. There's just the thin green line that continues to go straight across the monitor.
1: I immediately go towards Leo and I check his pulse with my hand.
2: You don't feel a pulse.
1: Now that I know that it isn't just some computer malfunction, I press the comms that's located next to his bed. And I say, get me Dr. Mason. I need anybody to room 582. And I immediately start chest compressions and try to revive Leo. Leo.
2: You do that, and there is a team of people that just sort of rush in as they hear you shouting out the code blue, and there's a crash cart that's brought in, and you're just all of a sudden swarmed by this team of really great professionals that are trying to help you revive your very good friend, Leo. About 12 minutes passes and you are extremely fatigued and someone pushes you out of the way to begin chest compressions but everyone is looking at you like i i think he's i think he's gone sir no i'm not gonna call it
1: we haven't tried everything where's dr mason dr mason is with another patient i don't understand what's more important he's flatlined
2: i need her here Um, okay, well... page Dr. Mason, again. And another person gets on the telephone.
1: And then I tear the person that pushed me out of the way to take over the compressions, and I continue to try to resuscitate Leo, and tears just start flowing down my face as I struggle with the reality that not only was my best friend there for such a fleeting moment that I've lost him again.
2: Roll medicine.
1: I want to grab one of those syringes that have adrenaline to try to just stab it right through the sternum chest plate and try to get it into his heart to see if that can help So I rolled a 57 and my skill is 81, so I will be successful.
2: You do plunge a needle deep into Leo's chest. You administer the full dose of medication, but the patient has been down for a really long time.
1: How many people are in the room with me?
2: You have about six people in the room with you. Some of them are just standing back against the wall, sort of watching this happen.
1: I start to wipe the tears from my face, pull the syringe out of Leo's chest, and I throw it into the garbage can rather aggressively. I look up on the wall and I say Time of death 859 Get out
2: Get the fuck out People begin very quickly hopping out of the room
1: and I just slump down into the chair beside Leo's bed and I sit there
2: and you (sighs) roll sanity
1: 54 and my sanity score is currently at a 60 tears start to stream down my face and uh I just stare at Leo and I don't move for a very long time.
2: Bellamy. After a series of questions, Dr. Mason is very concerned or has a very concerned look on her face. So... You don't remember anything other than waking up, is that right? Or do, do you know what happened to you?
3: Um, uh, I know that I, I was at as speech and then it was just this people touching me and there was just so much going on and I, I ran and then I, I was in an alleyway and, um, a man was there uh melange Uh, yeah he was in the alley with Mm me but but he he grew like impossibly large and just looming and he he was he was terrorizing me he's a very scary man he i don't i don't Understand, he he. He terrorized Did me he into heart- I mean, not physically, but I mean, he scared me into a blackout. Okay, well, there, there's no need to
2: to go <gasps> on. Um. Well, <clears throat> um, the nurse is going to clean you if that's okay yeah okay so you just have some cuts on your on your knees and your legs so we'll go through a series of questions and just ask you if you remember how you got these injuries and it's completely okay if you don't remember we're just kind of going by the book here all right yeah all right um, I'm going to step outside and speak to the policeman just on the other side of the store. If you need anything at all, I'm just on the other side. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. She steps outside of the door, Clara and Todd, you watch as Dr. Mason exits the room and walks over to the police officers. She says a couple of things to them and they nod politely and they leave.
0: Okay, who was with Miss Deep
4: I looked to Clara. Uh
0: nobody was with her when we found her. She okay. she fled my speech and Edward and I went looking for her and we found her alone.
2: Your speech was that bad, huh? Oh my
0: god. It it was pretty good, I thought.
2: That was a joke. Okay. That was a joke.
0: Sorry, Sorry I'm just real stressed.
2: Sure. Uh, just trying to add some levity to the situation. Yeah. Okay, Is well, I'm getting a be okay? page. She's going to be fine. She oh, just has some minor scrapes. She'll be completely fine. Everything's going to be Did- okay.
0: Oh, Does okay. she know what happened to her?
2: I'm not sure. I've asked the police officers to go and retrieve any security footage from Mr. Melange's uh, office building from what I understand, you found her in an alley. Is that correct?
0: Yes, we did. I'm um,
2: very familiar with Mr. Melange. I was uh, a big part of his uh, team when we were addressing some public health issues. So um, I know exactly where she's talking about. So we'll, we'll be able to review that footage and figure out what happened. All right. Um, like I said, I'm getting paged. I Uh, I'll check in with you later. And um, there's no need to keep your friend overnight for observation. So we'll release her as soon as she's ready to, well, be released. (laughs)
4: Okay. Well, thank you again, Dr. Mason.
2: Of course. Thank you. She extends her hand and shakes both of your hands if you want her to. And then she'll very quickly run to the elevator.
4: Well, that is a relief. Jeez. Just a few scrapes.
0: I I was so worried when I saw her that it was going to be something serious, like a head injury, or...
4: Well, yeah, I feel like we just got out of the hospital. Huh. Every time we come to the hospital, it's usually something really bad.
0: Yeah, can we stop doing that? <laughs>
4: yeah, I'd, I'd really like that.
0: Uh.
2: You each hear something... It sounds like there's like this streaking noise and you're both outside in this little lobby lounge waiting room area and there's this bank of office plants behind the chairs where you're sitting and then there's just the glass and you can see to the street and you hear this like streaking sound. It almost sounds like someone washing windows.
4: I will stand up and look out the window. As soon as
2: you do, you are eye-to-eye with Mr. Watley.
4: Is he stopped, or does he just keep going?
2: He lands on the ground, dusts off his hands, throws you the peace sign, and walks away.
4: I... Grab at Clara's shoulder and try to pull her up, and just point out the window. Did uh, you? Ch- what?
0: I'll turn around. Do I see Watley at all?
2: You see someone walking along the sidewalk.
0: What? What was that sound?
4: Uh. Watley just slid down the window and they hit the ground and looked at me, waved and and ran off. What? That L- like can't be s- right. Like
0: slid slid down the window.
4: You heard that, right?
0: Yeah I the- heard it. Uh, Are you both looking
2: out the window still?
0: Yeah. Can I walk up to the window and see if I see any, like, streaks, like fingerprints? Sure.
2: You'll have to lean over that little bank of plants and you see streaks for sure.
0: God, look at that.
4: Oh, boy. Well, I mean, what is I was it? just kind of getting comfortable with him. With who? Huh? Huh?
2: You turn around and you see Watley. Who?
4: What the hell, man? Uh, um, Hey, buddy? Hey.
0: Where'd you come from?
2: I just saw you. I walked around. I said hello. I waved.
0: Cool.
4: Yeah. Why are you...
0: Where'd you come from before you waved?
4: Why were you sliding down the
2: wall? There's a little deck out there. I was just having a quick cigarette. (laughs) And he flips out this little Zippo lighter. And he pops it open. Clara. High or low for favorable results? Low. Todd, high or low for favorable results?
4: I would like to go high, please.
2: I was just having a smoke break. And both of you nod. We're all very concerned about Bellamy,
0: right? Right. Yeah. I, I'm so worried about her.
2: You want to tell me what happened? What do you
4: know?
0: I don't know what happened. I just found her that way.
4: Well, didn't uh, Dr. Mason say something about Melange? Or, there might have been a recording of what happened from outside of his office?
2: You want to go get that recording?
4: Well, of course I do.
2: You're going to run to get the recording.
4: Right. We've got to go, Clara.
2: Clara, as Todd begins getting more and more aggressive, you sort of slip out of this hypnosis and you understand what's happening because the way that Watley is looking at you you understand that he believes both of you to be completely hypnotized
0: I'll kind of look at Watley blink a few times and look at Todd and be like yeah Todd I should help you let's, let's go get that recording
2: Roll persuade
0: forty three out of sixty.
2: You hear a click as Watley puts this little zippo lighter back into his pocket. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You should definitely do that.
0: yeah, let's let's go. Let's hurry, Todd. And I'll kind of grab his arm and start to pull him out of the lobby.
2: Todd, you no longer feel the effects of hypnosis, but you kind of don't know what you're agreeing to right now. I'm going to go check on Bellamy. See you later.
4: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Bye. As soon as we're out of the lobby, and I know we're definitely out of earshot from Watley, I'm going to stop and pull Todd to a halt and be like, Todd. He, I don't know what he was doing. He was hypnotizing us or something.
4: What? Well...
0: Yeah, that's he wants us to go get that recording for him so he can, I don't know, erase it or, or doctor it himself. I don't know what he wants to do with it, but it's not good. We need that why recording for him.
4: Why would he want to do that?
0: Because he's crazy. I don't know. He's... He's creepy.
4: Well, you don't think he's working with Melange, do you? I don't know. They're both awful, so probably. Well, if if we can get our hands on it, then we can see what happened, right?
0: Yeah, and we can keep it away from him, so he can't do whatever it is he wants to do with it.
4: So let's go get it. Yeah. Maybe we could beat those officers there.
2: Edward, you hear a ding and you hear shoes just kind of racing toward you and they seem to sort of stop and start, but the door opens and you see Dr. Mason standing there. He's gone. Dr. Mason closed the door. And she turns off the light and begins walking toward you.
1: I paged you.
2: I couldn't come.
3: I was helping your friend Bellamy. I had to choose.
1: You could have saved him.
2: Maybe we still can. What? There are things I haven't shown you yet. Things that only people like me and you might be capable of.
1: W- what are you talking about? We call time of, time of death. He's gone.
2: But from where? Where did he go?
1: I don't understand.
2: I need you to get something for me. Underneath Malsado Lago, there's a stone, a stone that is green as the forest. If you can bring it to me, maybe we can... Maybe we could save your friend. (laughs) Dr. Mason goes to Leo, and she begins hooking him up to all sorts of tubes and things, and pulling out these drawers that have these really strange
0: tools. What if we're the ones that can control life and death?
2: I've been thinking about it. What if it doesn't have to be a fight?
3: What if we could really rule the world?
4: Something
2: about me has changed. I feel alive.
3: Do you feel alive?
1: I I feel lost.
2: Well, don't you want to feel alive like me?
1: Y- yes, I-, I mean, if this is what's going to bring Leo back, then. I.
2: Yes. Go check on Miss Deepno. I have a feeling she'll be very helpful to you.
4: Um. Bellamy?
1: Oh. Oh god, she was hurt. Somebody attacked her. I completely forgot. Uh, okay, um, I'm gonna. Go grab Bellamy and make sure she's okay and... I'm gonna go do that thing. Um, I'll go back home and I'll I'll look for that stone. And then I'll bring it right back when I find it.
0: To the
2: basement.
1: Okay. I trust you.
2: As you walk out of Leo's bedroom and... Make a right and then a left. You feel like you're on a mission and like it's like standing on the cliff. And it's almost like you feel like your mentor and your boss and your friend is just standing there with their hand pressed against your back. And you can feel the energy of them just ready to shove you off of the ledge. And this could be like the Grand Canyon or something. You have no idea just what weights below you. And so you have this feeling of just not understanding what's being asked of you. And as you reflect on the time that you have known Dr. Mason, how she saw you as a nurse that was very capable, but she always saw that you had a lot of ambition. And for the past 10 years, she has developed in you this amazing medical mind. And she's the one that helped you study for all of your tests. She's the one that gave you this desire to practice and and to really earn your credentials. She's been more than just someone that made you realize that you had something better for yourself. And your heart beats very Rapidly. And you remember the smell. It's the smell of your mom's cooking. And it puts you in this place of feeling very safe and cared for. And that's kind of when it clicks with you. You've been without your mother for so long. And... She's almost like a surrogate mother to you. Someone that's cared about you so deeply. The elevator opens. Clara. You and Todd get to... Mr. Melange's alley. And you see that the office building is still open. There are still a lot of lights on in there and you see a police car pull up just about the same time as you. The police officers exit their vehicle, they walk inside and they speak to the receptionist. You don't hear what's happening. This is all just kind of happening while you're in the car and you're watching everything from the street.
0: Is there a back door?
2: There's the alley door, for sure.
0: Todd, what do you think? Sneak in the back?
4: Well, I mean... Don't they kind of work for you now?
0: Um, they're they're not I don't necessarily trust all of them though I saw a lot of shady shit go on at the starfire
4: yeah
0: I don't know I mean it's either like maybe we go in the front and we distract them and one of us sneaks in and steals the tape or we just try to both sneak in the back Unless you have a different idea, you always seem to just appear in places. I don't know how you do it. I do? Todd. You just, like, pop up in Masada Lago after leaving the island crossing the bridge, and I don't know how you get there. Todd.
2: You have an opportunity now to shrug off the past. To forget some of that life before this new St. Paxton. Do you fully immerse yourself in this new darker world?
4: I have been trying to do that from the very beginning. So I will definitely, you know, sink my toe into the bottom of that pool.
2: As you kind of close your eyes and let go of the past, you remember being here so many times. Mr. Melange would often conduct business from his private office. So you know the alleyway code. You know how to get in the back door. You know the private staircase that Mr. Milange has for himself. And you know that the secretary will not let anyone, not even the police, go upstairs. Not at this hour.
4: You know, Clara, <clears throat> I used to do a lot of stuff around here. I think I can still get us in the back. Yes. Let's do and it. And I bet you we could still beat the cops up there. Are you guys
2: going to exit the vehicle and walk around to the back alley, or are you going to drive the vehicle to the back alley?
0: Where are we located in relation to the building and the cop car? Imagine that you are parallel parked
2: with the cop car, and you are in front of one of the buildings. You would have to walk around the block to get to the back alleyway.
0: And I'm assuming there's windows in front of the building. Yes. Okay. We should probably drive around back. Right? Quicker
4: getaway, right?
0: Yeah, and less conspicuous? Sure. Okay. So you want me to go around the back?
2: Says your taxi driver. Yes. All right. And he just turns around and wheels off and goes to the back.
4: As we get to the back. I will slip the taxi driver a 50. I've got 50 more. Assuming you don't remember why we're here and uh, you keep it running.
2: He gladly accepts your money and parks the car behind a dumpster and you do notice that the timer is still running. Both of you roll stealth.
0: do that 21 out of 50 which is a hard success
4: I got a 33 out of 20 so with 14 points of luck I feel pretty stealthy
0: so
2: you both stay in the shadows but as Todd almost steps out in view of the camera Clara pulls him back so you're not discovered and you're able to get to the keypad Todd very quickly types in the number and opens the door but he does forget that it makes a little bit of a creak but it makes that one quick creak and then he lifts up on the hinges and the rest of it is very silent you are in the building
4: after you.
2: Todd, you do remember coming to this particular facility. And you remember the audiovisual lab. You remember where security is. And you remember that the security guard on staff, his name is Tom. Tom Rhodes.
4: Okay, Clara. Um, Here, follow me. And I will head to Tom. Hey, Tom, how's it going, man? Long time no see. Hey,
2: there, buddy. It's been a long time since I've been see you.
4: I know, right? Ah, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to make myself scarce.
2: Yeah, man, I've been missing you a whole lot because y'all like all them jokes you tell.
4: Right. Well, unfortunately, don't have any jokes today. Unfortunately, a little bit more of a serious situation.
2: Oh, shit, man. You know I'm here to help you.
4: Well, so there was some sort of scuffle outside and the cops are here for a videotape. Now, I know Mr. M's whole thing about not turning stuff over. So if that were perhaps to be out on review, you guys uh, it would be in the clear. I mean, they are literally right outside with the secretary right now. I know you've got like 10, 20 minutes till they get back here, but still. We'll persuade. that would be 70 out of 70.
2: You know, I I, I, I trust you, Todd. and You've never really steered me wrong before, so I, I guess I guess that I'll go ahead and give you this here tape. Bye.
4: All right, thanks, Tom. And uh you know, we're we're going to be having another poker game. In probably in the next couple of weeks. You know, those kids we we've just got to take their money away from them. You Teach them the scare. real facts of life. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Any Pulls out a deck of cards and just starts shuffling and doing these really intricate card shuffling tricks.
4: Oh, yeah. All right. Keep it warmed up, man. I'll give you a call.
2: All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yep. Bellamy. The nurse finishes cleaning you up, and you just
3: sign your way right out of that hospital. But my friends aren't here to pick me up.
1: Oh, did did they already let you out
3: uh yeah i they they told me i could just sign out when i was ready so i signed out
1: how are you feeling
3: um a little shaken up that that whole thing was really really weird really weird
1: um yeah no uh, here why don't i um Why don't I take you home?
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Let's go. Okay. You get
2: outside and you see that a taxi drives up very quickly. And a man leans over and starts rolling down the window, but he has one of the crank rolls. And so it takes a little while. And he goes, hey, um, you're the, uh, the mayor's friends, right? Um, they said, "Doctor,
3: and uh, and lady." I, I guess, and I look at Edward. He
2: looks at his notes. Uh, Bellamy, Bellamy. <sighs> so, are you getting in? Meter's running.
1: Oh yeah. Um. I mean, I have a car, but Is I, mean, I guess if Clara sent. A car for us. But here, let's just get in.
2: I'll, I could follow. You can follow me there. Uh, no. Or you can get in. Yes, get in. Great, yeah, great, great. And I he's already out of leave. the car.
3: Bellamy. Is opening the oh. door.
1: Oh, thanks. God. Yeah. Uh,
3: yes, thank you. Please, God, I will get in the back seat with Edward.
1: Okay, just don't push us. Okay, we're, we're getting in.
3: Oh, I wasn't pushing. I was helping.
1: Oh. Okay. I mean, difference of opinion, but here. Closing the door.
2: Okay, great. Thank you. You go to City Hall.
1: Oh, we were going to Malsado Lago back home.
2: Oh, no, I'm sorry. They were sending for you to go somewhere. Else. They thought that you might go to an alternate location, but they wanted to make sure that you got here. I remember the telephone call... Um, yeah, they were talking to the nurse or something, but I guess you guys missed the message.
1: I, I mean, if that's okay with you, Bellamy, uh, I guess that's fine.
3: I mean, yeah, I can find my way from here if I want to leave. That's good.
2: Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. See you later.
3: Okay. Bye. Oh, thanks.
1: Hey, it, you know, if you want me to take you home later, just let me know. I'll I'll walk with you, but it, it it'll be good to see Clara and Todd and
3: Yeah, I think I owe Clara a really big apology. Um, and also you, I I'm not sure what came over me, but very suddenly anybody touching me was just overwhelming and too much for me and I reeked out a little bit, so I'm really sorry. And it and it really had nothing to do with you specifically. It was definitely me.
1: Oh no, no, you have nothing to apologize about. Um, look, we've been through a lot, and uh, it's it's understandable.
3: I really, really appreciate the support.
1: Yeah, let's go. Let's go see how Clara and Todd are doing, and why they brought us here.
3: Let's just hope it's not another one of Todd's tricks.
4: Yeah. Oh, Edward and and Bellamy. I'm I'm so glad you made it. D- uh did did he do the thing with the the doctor and Mrs. Um, what? No doctor
1: and Mrs. Thing.
4: Todd. Ah. Oh. I gave him a 20 just to say that. Oh, well, never mind. So, Bellamy, I don't I don't know if you want to watch this. We've Ooh. got the security footage outside of Mr. Melange's office. It should show what happened.
3: Um,
0: you, you don't have to watch it if you don't want to.
3: I... I think... I will watch it. I, I know the parts that I remember, and I mean, I need to know what happened
0: afterwards. Okay, do you, do you want to sit down? Are you feeling okay? I mean, you just got out of the hospital.
3: Um, I think that I'm just gonna stand back here and then if it gets to be too much, I can remove myself. Okay. I think that's probably best.
4: Okay, then.
2: You go through a lot of footage and you find this part where you finally see Bellamy. And then you see Mr. Melange and Bellamy is just like backpedaling as hard and fast as she can. And you see Mr. Melange, who is definitely not attacking her. He kind of like puts his hand out to help, but she just reels backward, falls flat on her face. And he sits down his briefcase as though he's, you know, like really concerned and trying to help her. But as soon as he touches her, she just starts wailing on his face like completely beats the shit out of Mr. Melange until finally he crab walks over to the door and you see him punch in the code and he's inside you watch as Bellamy stumbles over over to the dumpster where you found her and just kind of crawls underneath it but she can't fit but she just keeps on scraping her leg against the pavement as she tries to get underneath the dumpster
0: I'm gonna turn and see how Bellamy's reacting to that that's
3: that's not how that happened.
4: You, you did a right before the left hook? or
3: I, Man,
4: you I handed it to him. I
3: didn't hit him. I never touched him. He was... You all
2: watch as the TV just sort of blinks. Everyone roll, spot hidden.
0: 77
4: out of 25.
3: 52 out of 25. I got a 50 out of 46, but I would like to use some luck points to take it down to a 46.
1: I have a 74 out of 65, but I will also use nine luck points to bring it down to 65.
2: Clara and Todd have turned around and are looking at Bellamy, but Bellamy's still looking at the screen, answering their questions, but still looking. And Edward is still looking at the screen. And then the screen kind of goes blank, like a, like a just a pop sound happens. The screen goes black, it gets fuzzy and Edward, you reach your thumb under this little dial and you start rolling it around. And you're able to like, almost like tune in another picture. And you see something completely different. You watch as Mr. Milage lunges at your friend. And you watch as the screen gets really, really black. But it isn't that the screen is going black. It's that His back is completely covering the full alley. And he watches his shape kind of bleeds from really large to really small, but all the while getting extremely close to Bellamy, but not quite touching her.
1: I immediately try to go back to the point... Where I can see him lunging towards her and try to stop it on that image.
2: Roll luck for me.
1: I rolled a 99.
2: Edward pauses and then you all sort of turn and notice that the screen is black and he's just paused it on a black screen.
1: Did
3: you guys see that? It was there. It was all there.
0: To ah. see what
3: where did it go can can you bring it back Edward I,
1: I'm trying I, I what what dial do I use is, is this the rewind
0: Uh rewind is right here Edward the the, uh, the one that's the R E W that's it's got the two arrows That's going
4: the left. rewind
1: uh, uh,
0: Do you need help uh,
1: yeah, yeah um here and I tried pressing the rewind
2: So, Edward, you sweet, beautiful baby, (laughs) you push play and rewind, and you're just getting a little bit flustered because you're also trying to keep it, like, at that picture because whenever you let go of this little tracking knob, it seems to, like, go all black again. So, you're just trying to do all sorts of things at once, and then Todd starts getting involved. He's like, no, 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 no. Here, just let me get in here and help you. But everyone's just pushing all of these buttons at once, and the tape pops up
3: no
1: Todd what did you do
4: um you're holding the remote
1: no I I brought it to the image it showed Milan she was like
3: twisted contorted I you saw that right Bellamy yes in person and now on tape and the tape is gone
0: Okay, just, just tell us what happened.
3: When I got in the alley, Milan was coming out of his practice. He... I don't know. He just turned on me. He just got really hostile, and then he made himself really big, and he loomed over me, and he realized that I was having an issue with with people touching me, and so he just closed the space and closed the space and and made it so he was so close and i couldn't breathe and i just curled into myself and i i don't remember i just blacked out
0: (sighs) okay well it's maybe it's a good thing the tape was destroyed because no,
3: ch- we have no proof. Well, no the proof, proof.
0: The proof it was showing was that you attacked him, which is not what we want to show to the police.
3: But Edward because- and I just saw what actually happened. It was on there. It was just—it was hidden somehow. I—I I don't understand.
4: I don't know. Well, it's—it's it's I- the tape from his building, so. I mean, if he did all those things, doesn't manipulating a tape just sound simple?
1: But it could be done, right? You're you're saying that somebody could have manipulated the tape.
4: Well, that's what well, it looked like. I
0: mean, if if he can do what you described him doing, I'm sure he could manipulate a tape. But I mean, the the good news is he can't frame you for anything now, and I mean, I've I've, I've known Mister M is horrible, evil even, and so I I believe you. I don't need to see a tape for that.
4: The thing is, we know what happened.
1: Well, look, we can't allow. <clears throat> what Melange did to Bellamy unanswered.
3: But we also can't do anything about it because there's no proof. There's nothing to go on. There's nothing to pursue in any legal kind of way.
0: So we'll find other proof. It's not the first creepy thing he's done. It's not the first It's not the last thing he's going to do. We're gonna... That's a
3: scary thought.
4: Why don't we take a page out of his book and frame him like he was just trying to do to you? You've got Todd.
2: Hey, Todd, man, I just wanted to let you know that Mr. Melosh came down here. He's looking for that tape, and I was like, hey, man, uh, I don't have it. But, um, yeah, I did have to tell him that it was you that was coming to get that tape, so just so you know, uh, kind of rounded you out, but, you know, I gotta keep my job, so, uh, but this is your poker buddy telling you that, uh, no, run, sir!
4: Uh, so that was my buddy Tom, and, uh, Mr. M is aware that we have the tape.
3: I would like to look around the office for a weapon.
2: You all see that Bellamy has a single crutch that she's holding in front of her very defensively.
1: Uh, Bellamy. uh, (laughs) Hey, look, don't worry. Okay. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And if Milan shows his face around here, I'm going to have some choice words for him.
3: I will take my crutch and I will swinging around in a really crazy cool way and be like, oh, if he shows up here, I'm going to have more than just choice words. Roll your Tai Chi craft. I rolled a 55 and I have a 55. You need to roll under. You
2: want to use one luck point? Nope. So, Bellamy, you do this amazing, like, just fierce, swift, toss, turn, all this stuff. But it kind of gets away from you there at the end. And you let go of this crutch, and it just sort of flies across this table that has all of these chemicals all over it. And it's like this stone table. And all of a sudden, there's this, like, fume that's rising from the table.
4: Um, Todd,
0: Todd, do we need to evacuate? <laughs>
4: 67 out of 91 chemistry.
2: You do understand the very dire need to get everyone out of this room.
4: Oh my gosh. Okay. Everybody out right now. This is not stuff. Cover your mouths, shirts. Come on out. As you run out,
2: are you going full speed ahead? Or are you going stealthy? How are you running out of this burning building as it were?
0: I'm running full speed ahead out of the immediate room.
2: You run smack into one of the police officers that is just outside the door there.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, chemical spill. Need oh. to stay out of this room. Of course. Sorry. Hello. Hello? <laughs> uh, Todd, do we need to evacuate the building, or is just the room? No,
4: I- I, Are we safe here? I have to send some people in. Like, I don't even know what- that's probably making some new hazardous chemical. So, no, you need to get the heck out. I'm gonna go pull the alarm right now. Oh my gosh. The police officer pulls the alarm.
2: (sighs) Mayor Carter- uh, I'm sorry. Almost. Mayor Carter, um, may I escort you out of the building? (laughs)
0: Uh, you can walk this way as we all evacuate
2: yes of course Okay. and he puts his arm uh, just at the small of your back like not being too aggressive or anything just like you know very professionally I guess just ushering you out the, out the doorway um, you know I'm gonna make an announcement over the loudspeakers to get everyone out of the building
0: okay yeah good get right on that thank you
2: okay thank you Thanks. Mm -hmm. and he gets on the loudspeaker and he tells everyone to evacuate you see a a flood of people exiting city hall Todd is able to direct some people who are getting into some hazmat gear to get into the lab so chemical spill wow that's That's intense. Were you guys playing around with a lot of chemicals in there? Uh, The officer is speaking to all of you
4: now. No, someone was walking and they tripped over a crutch. And it knocked some things together. Okay, yeah, that's... Oof. Yeah. That's too bad. Lost a whole
2: day's work, I guess.
4: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
2: Be careful from now on, Miss Deepno.
4: That's why we have hey, those OSHA um, standards.
3: I don't think that's a thing here, actually.
0: Maybe it should be now.
3: Maybe it should be.
0: Maybe I'll work on it. You're that just full of good there. ideas, aren't you? Well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a thinker. More than a
2: thinker, I guess.
4: And anyways, officer, why were you here?
2: I work here. Oh, It's City Hall and I work for the police. We're on the second floor.
3: Well, I I think, uh, I think he means why were you outside of his lab specifically to be run into by the beautiful Mayor Clara.
2: He holds up a coffee cup. Better coffee on the
4: first floor. (laughs) Okay, sorry, I just, I didn't see, you know, people don't come down there very often. Oh, I'm down there all the time. I'm always watching what's happening.
2: While you get coffee? And he just scoots right along.
1: Um. Guys, I, it's been kind of a long day and, um. I need to head back to Masada Lago. Does anybody want to come back with me? Bellamy? Uh,
3: yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. it be nice to head home.
1: I'm feeling pretty drained. Let's just grab a cab.
2: You wave your hand out and you see a little yellow cab
4: zip up to you. Thanks for picking us up. We're heading over to... Oh, Rudy! Rudy is
2: eating a sandwich and motions you to hop into the cab.
0: I'll climb in.
4: I also climb in. I will get in the front seat, please. And I
1: will join the ladies in the back seat.
0: Okay.
2: You are driven to Malsado Lago by Rudy Yelp, who's eating a delicious Cuban sandwich. Sorry about that. I just don't have much time for dinner or lunch because I'm running my own cab business. And the cab
4: times are hard here in St. Paxton. (laughs) Not for long. What does that mean? It means I need to take a trip after you let these guys out. Oh.
1: Wait, where are you going? Where... Well,
4: guys, I have to go make sure that the lab was cleaned up after <clears throat> someone.
2: Uh, yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I'll I'll be happy to take you back to City Hall. I mean, uh, Todd, well, don't you have people Slightly different.
0: To...
4: Don't worry, guys. I'll see you soon. You all exit
2: the cab and Rudy leaves with Todd.
1: <sighs> hey, um- Do you guys ever recall seeing, like, um, a wine cellar or, I don't know, like a basement here?
2: Both of you know that there's not a basement here, but there is a totally cool underground dock. So it's almost like its own little cove where boats are stored. There's a big stairwell that goes down, and it actually leads you out into the bay.
1: Wait, what? Why haven't you ever told me about this like it sounds kind of awesome
3: I I just thought you knew I mean I've been kind of busy
1: um okay well I, I'm gonna go check it out um I guess I'll uh, catch up with you guys later
0: do, do you want us to show you where it is
1: um yeah I, I mean Bellamy if you could show me where it is
0: okay I'll just hang out here then, I guess, and oh. wait for Todd.
1: No, Clara, you could come too. I'm. S- wow, that's not really weird. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: No, it's it's cool. I'm sure Todd will be around any minute. I can
4: just hang out. Hey guys, what's up? What?
1: T- where did you just come from? Did didn't you leave with Rudy in the cab?
2: He closes the door behind the pantry as you're all standing in the kitchen talking about the underground cove.
4: Uh, yeah, I'm back now. Were you just in the pantry? Yeah, that's where you get the snacks.
0: Oh, what'd you bring? You just
4: want some snacks, too?
0: Yeah. Edward,
2: you know that Todd has a secret passage to go from his house to Mulsado Lago. And because of the, all of the crazy stuff and him having to work sort of as a double agent for Mr. Melange and for local government, and then also trying to get insider knowledge for Clara, he can't really be seen at Malsado Lago. So he has his own little tunnel and system that lets him go from his house to Malsado Lago.
1: It, hey, Todd, um, do you know how to get down to the cove? Uh, yeah. Yes. Has everybody been down there except for me?
0: Seems Probably. Like it, apparently, you were gone at the hospital a lot.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. The rounds at the hospital are rough. Um.
3: Anyways, I can, I can just show you down there. Um. And then I can head upstairs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that'll be great.
0: Cool. We'll hang out here and eat snacks. Bellamy
2: and Edward, you walk down into the cove and you see a little pontoon boat, a speed boat, like all sorts of boats that are just docked there. And there's also some like scuba gear as well.
3: So yeah, this is it. I I really don't know how you you've never been down here.
2: I, she points to some scuba gear that clearly has your name on it.
4: Oh.
1: I, I must be tired. I mean, maybe I have been down here? I, I don't know. Um, you
2: don't recall being down here.
1: I mean, this scuba gear's got my name on it. I mean, that's odd. Um... Have you seen a green stone or something like that around here at Bell's?
3: Mm no. I just, Did you lose one, or...?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm... Never mind. Um, I think I'm gonna... I'm gonna spend some time down here. Um, did you say you were gonna go back up, or...? Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, um... I mean, are you gonna be okay? You know, I, I think I'm gonna
1: maybe put on this gear and take a dip into the water. I don't know. I don't are
3: you do you know how to use it? Like I know it has your name on it, but you haven't been down here, so
1: I start putting on the gear and it seems pretty methodical.
3: Okay. Um I'll just hang out here I guess just in case you need help or something Um, I'll go I'm going to just walk the beach a little bit and then come back and check on you
1: I mean if you want to join me there's there's another set here with your name on it
3: sure why not something new and adventurous I start putting the gear on with Edward's help
1: okay and then here I'm just going to this goes over your eyes here. Okay. And just remember, you got to turn on this valve once we get into the water so that it produces oxygen through the mouthpiece.
3: Seems simple enough.
1: Yeah. And I, it's it's a little heavy now, but once you get into the water, the, the weight is really nothing at all. Oh, all right. Here. Um, don't take this weird or anything, but I'm just going to hold your hand as we uh, tip forward and jump into the water.
3: I hold my hand out.
1: And I take Bellamy's hand and I pull out my other hand and I do a countdown from six, five, four, three, two, and then I don't say one and I point my one finger and then I pop the mouthpiece on and we jump into the water.
2: And so you begin your descent into the cold, green waters that flow beneath Malsado Lago. You remember hearing that Malsado Lago meant something. And as you descend further and you see the jagged walls of the cave, you remember that Mosado Lago means hungry. You see something glowing coming toward you as you hold hands, which is very romantic. Something comes out of the water toward you. Two eyes, not connected to a body at all, no. They are two eyes at the end of what looks like floating intestines. And it looks like maybe the eye is just kind of sucked into the end of that little tube. And instead of blinking, the tube just sort of constricts around the eyeball and then releases. And one sort of floats right in front of Edward's face. And one floats in front of Bellamy's face. And they just sort of lazily drop onto your shoulders.
3: What do you do? If anything... I am gonna slowly turn my head to look at Edward and tap the light that I have. Like, indicating should we turn it on? And then nod my head once and shake my head no once like looking for an answer Mm.
1: what's the visibility at the range we're at Like, can we look up and still see like surface light at like the periphery of the, the, the water
2: yeah definitely
1: But down here, the only source of light is really coming from the green glowing objects.
2: You can probably only see a little bit further than arm's reach.
1: I'll look at Bellamy and and I'll nod my head yes. And I'll go to flip on my light.
2: You both flip on your light. And Todd and Clara, you both feel this rumbling underneath you as though... Some sort of crazy earthquake out of the middle of nowhere has just occurred. And things fall all over the place inside the house.
0: Is it still going on? Yes. Uh, Do we get in a doorway? Um, Is that what we
4: do for... It doesn't seem like it's stopping. But this is really kind of low yield, so... It almost seems like something's moving. Like the earth? Well, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they're doing something with one of the boats. Um, okay. Um, do you think it's safe
0: for us to go down there and check it out? You see
2: Clint and she is like growling to be let out of the door that leads to the cave underneath Mosado Lago.
4: Well, that's a good sign to follow. I'll
0: open the door for her.
2: She races down the stairs and jumps into the water.
0: I will head down the stairs. I will
4: quickly follow.
2: You get to the edge of the stairs and you realize that they don't lead to land anymore. They just sort of are hanging above the water.
0: Does it look like something is broken off? Like there used to be more?
4: Yes. Uh. I was literally just here.
2: You see that your tunnel is flooded. Um.
0: Do we see any bubbles or anything in the water?
2: Yeah, the water itself looks like it's at a rapid boil.
0: But not, like, specific bubbles, like it might be Edward and Bellamy.
2: No. Okay. Mm-mm. There would be no way to decipher if it was coming from one person or two people. It doesn't look like it's people at all.
4: I'm going to touch the water. It's a little warm. Uh, it's warm, but... Is, is there, like, volcanic you think there-
0: activity in this on this island? I don't know,
4: but where are they at?
2: You can see now that you're kind of closer to the to the rail or to the edge of the stairs that there are lights that are flashing back and forth and back and forth. So you see that there are at least flashlights that are going in wild and crazy directions.
0: Under the water? Yes. Where are the boats? They are right
2: across the way from you, so they're no longer tethered to whatever it is that they were tethered to before. They're just sort of floating around and kind of bumping into the walls.
4: Here, Clara, let me go get a boat. I'll bring it around, and then, you know, maybe we could throw a rope down there and guide them back up. I, I don't know what they're doing down there. Okay. So here, just hang on. I'll, I'll swim over there. And I jump into the water. Real swim. 17 out of 20.
2: It's very rough waters. There is a suction and you can't really see so well, but you kind of feel like something is slapping against you. Like there's some sort of debris all in the water. It feels like seaweed just slapping against you. But you're able to get up into the boat and you notice that when you get into the boat, there are like all of these like glowy little yellow spheres all in the boat you accidentally step on one and you feel the rumbling get a little bit heavier for a second and then it kind of calms down you get the key to the boat and you turn it on yes okay let me know what you do
4: I would like to very very slowly accelerate towards where Clara is waiting
0: okay
2: you do this thing to the best of your ability. Clara, roll luck.
0: 30 out of 33.
2: So just as Todd sort of crushes the boat into the stairs, you are able to just jump onto onto the boat.
4: No big deal. Uh, yeah, <sighs> sorry about that. There's That's something okay. weird in the water and this is not driving nice.
0: Okay. Is there any rope in this boat? Sure.
4: I will pilot the boat back out to the middle, above where the lights are.
2: We'll drive auto.
4: 44 out of 20?
2: You pilot yourself out to where the bubbles are at their, I guess, rumbliest? And you lose control of the boat very quickly. And, you know, no matter what you do, you just seem to not be able to steer it in the right direction. And Bellamy and Edward, you see your friends as their boat capsizes and they are plunged into the water with you.
4: Roll swim. 14 out of 20.
0: I got 26 out of 20, but I would like to spend 7 luck points. Todd
2: and Clara, your boat capsizes. It is a pontoon boat, so you have a lot of room to hop up underneath there and kind of be safe from a lot of the rumbly-tumbly. You're able to get life jackets and secure them onto yourselves and stay kind of in that little safe space where the boat is, but you will not be able to stay there very long. The boat is being tossed back and forth, and if you stay there, you know for sure that you will receive some kind of injury. So you have about a turn and a half to think of a plan. Bellamy and Edward. As you turn on your lamps, you have revealed to yourself and to the rest of this world that there is some kind of... Protector at the bottom of this cave. And when you shone your light upon it, all of those little yellow lights that were becoming visible like suddenly got sucked up. And you see these little glowing orbs as they are moving through these kind of translucent tubes but they're all very glowy now where it was just one or two before, now you see hundreds of these little glowing orbs and they are going from the end of these little tendrils into this large mass and you feel yourself being caught in these Intestinal seaweed things as they lap around your legs and your lower back, and they sort of just gently pull you toward them. Let me know what you do, but before you do
3: that, roll, swim, or dive. I rolled a 2 out of 20, which is a hard success. I rolled a
1: 70, and my swim's a 40, but I do have 51 luck points. I mean, it'd only mean I'd have to spend 30.
3: I would like to think that Edward and I did not let go of each other, if possible, because we were still holding hands. So I would think in my panic, I would tighten that grip rather than loosen it.
1: I will use 30 luck points. I am down to 21 luck points.
2: You grip hold of, I mean, tight of Bellamy, and you both kind of find each other's eyes, don't lose focus, and you see this, like, stillness, this pulsing as all of these little lights are kind of coming together, and Edward and Bellamy, you may now roll spot hidden.
1: A uh, 62 out of 65.
3: I got a 19 out of 46. You see that these little
2: orbs are huddling around something. It looks like a smooth green egg.
1: How far away is it from us?
2: It's hard to tell because the water is so turbulent around you, and these like glowing eyes, you're not sure how far away they are because now that they're so concentrated, the light is really really bright. You might think 30 to 40 feet away from you.
1: And below, right?
2: Below. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm going to position my body to face Bellamy's, and through our goggles, I use one hand to point two fingers up at my eyes, and I point up to our friends, and I let go of her hand. I think with the implication that we're going to go up, but as Bellamy starts to move up, I'm going to immediately go downwards towards the glowing egg.
2: Bellamy, do you understand that Edward wants you to go up and that he intends
3: to go up with you? I think I do understand that. I think the problem going to come in from when I don't let go of him, and I start to rise and he goes opposite, because I'll feel the tug. And I, I'm not going to let him go. I still remember letting him go last time, and all of my friends dying. So... I cannot do it again. So if he starts to move down, we can't. We can't talk. I just start to move down with him. I mean, it can't be. And so
2: you descend further into the depths with Edward, hand in hand. Todd,
4: do I see that? Our friends below us with headlights are in any way, like, noticing us up there or swimming up?
2: There's no way that you would be able to tell that.
4: Okay, in that case, I'm going to look for the flare gun that would be on the boat.
2: Yes, you find it immediately.
4: And I'm going to shoot it downwards, off-center, from my friends.
2: Since you're trying to aim away from your friends, would you please roll firearms
4: handgun. I got a 24 out of 20. I would like to use five points of luck, please.
2: Edward, as you are swimming down with Bellamy, you don't seem to be, like, attacked so much as welcomed into this nest of organic, like, flesh-colored seaweed. And... You see this, like, orange stream just dart past you and hit the center of these glowing spheres. And they all just go dark. You are so close to the green stone. You may try, sleight of hand, to pull it from its nest.
1: That is a 20 out of 30.
2: You slip this thing really close to you. It's about the size of a baby. It's fairly large, so you're able to like scoop it up. And its weight is significant. Todd, whatever you did, you shot the thing. The thing is dead now. The water is no longer bubbling, there's not this menacing glow from beneath. You have effectively saved the day. About 30, maybe 45 seconds later, Edward and Bellamy are at the boat with you
4: what in the world were you two doing
3: um just taking a midnight dive
4: and what is that
1: I'm not sure but I just needed to get it
2: Everyone rolls spot hidden.
4: 60 out of 65. 49 out of 25.
3: I got 46 out of 46, but I would like to spend a point to get 45.
2: So as you swim out from underneath the boat, and you're kind of answering Todd's questions, you realize that there's not a staircase for you to get up to. It would be really difficult. It's at least seven or eight feet from the waters. And as they're asking you what this all was, Edward and Bellamy, you see this glow, this greenish, yellow glow. And these little spheres are washing out into the bay.
1: Do we recognize these spheres as what we had seen on the end of the squiggly arms underneath? Yes. What? What was that thing down there? Did, did you see it, Bellamy? Did you feel it?
3: Yeah, I just figured it was like a weird St. Paxton Sea something or other. I, um, I'd like to look over. Does it, does it look like if we went over to where it's washing out into the bay that we might be able to get one of those spheres? You can try anything. Um, hey, uh, Todd, do you, do you have anything on you where you could, like, get a sample of this, and uh, maybe find out exactly what it is. Oh, we should well, try to get one of those.
4: I've got a, I've got a vial you can scoop it up in, but that's about it. Um,
0: c- can we start at the beginning? What it, You just happened to come down here. Just happened to find this thing that you think you need. The, everything was shaking. There was something down there, and Let's just go get a glowing orb. Is that what's going on?
4: Yeah, that thing flipped the boat.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, what? isn't that a good reason to find out what it is? If those things are washing out into the bay, they're... I mean, we don't know what they are. Are they are they eggs? Are they part of the monster that that orange thing hit? Like, we should study it. We need to know more. We need to understand what's going on. Right? Right, Edward? Right?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think we should probably swim out of here. There's no yeah. way we're going to get up to those stairs.
4: Well, there was some rope in the boat, but I, I don't know how long it's going to float there.
0: Okay, yeah, we need to swim out anyway. Let, let's carefully get one of these glowing orbs. But uh, I just think we need to talk about the fact that what are you carrying, Edward?
1: I'm, I'm really not sure. Look, I'll I'll explain everything once we just get out of here. I mean, that thing can still be alive. I don't know.
0: Okay, something living. Let's get out of here.
4: Yeah, let's make and haste. let talk.
2: Y'all are able to swim out, no problem.
0: How large are these glowing orbs? They're about the size of a golf ball.
1: What do they look like?
0: Uh, the one that you
2: captured is golf ball sized. It is kind of slimy and it does have what you think might be a pupil and an iris, but there also seems to be like something kind of attached to it. Like If you hold it up in the moonlight, it's almost like you see a tiny little body inside of the eye. There is blood rushing through it. I mean, there's definitely a pulsing. They're all over the bay, and pretty soon you are are you walking somewhere? Where are we going? Are you just sitting
0: here on on the bay or or, or on the beach? So, Todd, you collected one yeah. in a jar or something? Okay.
3: I mean, I think that's the only thing I wanted to do was make sure we got a specimen, and then I think I'm just going to like slowly start walking towards Masada Lago, and checking to make sure that my friends are coming with me.
4: So, now that we're on solid land, can I do a science roll on it to figure out if it's like a plant or animal? Sure. Okay. What are you doing? Well, I have botany and I have zoology, so I just figured I would be able to at least eliminate one if it's a, you know, an animal, like, eats things because it seems like an egg, or if it's a plant, which, you know, normally doesn't exhibit those types of behaviors. Okay, go ahead. Hard success. At 38.
2: You pull your like handkerchief out of your pocket and as you do you notice that there's like something that falls out of your pocket which kind of strange but there's a little vine that just tumbles out and falls to the ground you wipe off the jar and are you going to take it out or are you just examining it from inside the jar
4: I would probably examine it from inside the jar.
2: Okay. Using a flashlight to kind of look through it, you can definitely see that it is some type of animal.
4: I'd like to look at that vine that tumbled out a little more closely.
2: The vine looks like just a kind of an ordinary vine, but there doesn't seem to be a root at all on it, and it appears to be a fresh cutting.
4: Is it like the one on the bridge? Yes. But you don't remember that. But the, the vine doesn't match anything that we were just experiencing, right? mm No, I will pick that up and look at it, but then just let it drop.
2: Okay. Clara, you see that and let it drop down to the ground and you have this
0: flash. I recognize it as the vine's from before. Yeah. For sure. Todd, I don't think we should leave that here.
2: Real sanity.
0: 18 out of 95. Todd is,
2: like, walked off. You pick it up. Are you keeping it, or...
0: I want to look in my pockets for anything that I could like, wrap around it, so I don't have to hold it directly. You have a little, like,
2: chapstick pouch or something that you can put it in. Sunglasses pouch maybe.
0: Okay. I want to put it in that but then just carry that with me and follow Todd. Okay. And is this a secluded part of the beach? Like are people just going to wander through here and see these weird It's pretty secluded.
2: Okay. It's part of your private beach. Okay.
0: Then I'll just follow
2: as you're all following and walking. You can look out onto the water and you see that there are not just hundreds of little yellow and green glowing orbs. There might be thousands that are just all over the water. You get to the stairs that are going to take you back up to dry land. And as you get to the top, you can see that these orbs are just, like, covering most of the surface of the water. You see this helicopter as it starts shining its light all over the bay. And you recognize that this is probably a reporter or someone that's checking this out. Let me know what you all do next.
3: Um, Clara, if that's a reporter, uh, depending on how this plays out, that might not be good for you to be seen here.
0: Yeah, that occurred to me. So um, How close are we to getting inside of Mosata Logo? Uh, not very far at all. You could go in no problem. Okay, I'll
2: I'll dash to the door. Okay. As you run into the door, you'll get inside. I want you to roll luck for me.
0: That's a 60 out of 26. As you burst
2: into the house, you forget that you're extremely slippery. And you just slip and hit your head and are just laid out on the foyer. What you don't see is that this little vine from inside your pouch wiggles its way out of this little pouch that you have very neatly put it in. And it slides up your face underneath your eye patch And who knows where it goes from there, but it isn't seen exiting the eye patch. So the rest of you, where are you going?
1: I shed my scuba gear as I walk and I go directly to the garage. Um, I know that my car is still back at the hospital, but is there any other cars that I may own or have access to the keys?
2: You have a full garage full of, like, vehicles that you can use. No problem.
1: I choose the fastest one.
2: Okay. Is anyone going with?
1: I don't tell anybody
2: that won't
3: stop them from following you. True. I'm going to follow Edward into the garage and I guess catch him as he's trying to jump into a vehicle.
2: Okay, he's in the vehicle.
3: Uh, Edward, what are you what are you doing? And I'll go over and open the passenger side door. What are you doing?
1: Uh, I forgot. Um I have to go back to the hospital and talk with Dr. Mason, there was something that I needed to talk to her about before all of this happened and uh, it just slipped my mind.
3: Right now, though? I mean, we've all been through a lot. Don't you think you should take some time and, like, I don't know, clean yourself up? You hear the
2: transmission as it goes from park to reverse,
1: you know, you know the life I live now. It's the hospital is so demanding and it's important to me. Um, I'll be back, like, real soon. I just have to drop something off.
3: We just risked our lives for that green egg and you are not going to tell me anything. <sighs> I... I don't want to stop you. If it's important to you, that's fine. Can I take the ride with you, and you can explain it on the way, and I'll just come home when you go in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry. I'm being selfish. Look, yeah, why don't you come with me, and um, I'll let you know what's going on.
3: I get into the car.
2: Todd, you seem to have lost track of some people, but you can certainly go follow Edward, or you can go to Malsado Lago, or can go home. But you will not have a tunnel back to Malsado Lago.
4: Yeah, I'll head home the long way.
2: As you head home, roll
4: luck. That is 50 out of 59.
2: Okay. You feel a tugging in your pocket as the vial holding the eye. It seems to be like just trying to float up out of your pocket.
4: Hmm. I would like to grasp it so that it cannot escape
2: As you hold on to it, you definitely feel a force pulling it up. And with your luck, you're able to notice all of this. Ordinarily, this might just fall out of your pocket, but you're able to hold it. And you turn around and you look and all of these glowing orbs are rising to the sky. And you feel the little jar pulsing in your hand. And you feel this sound. Bellamy and Edward, you feel the sound, like you can feel loud bass. You can feel this thump, thump. As each of these glowing orbs sort of tries to find the other. And then there's this splash as many of them burst in the sky, releasing a beautiful shower of what children will one day call the rain of fireflies. And they all gently float down onto St. Paxton. It's beautiful. Edward, you turn on the windshield wipers to remove the gunk. You make it to the hospital. Todd, you have an exploded glowing orb in your jar. Let me know what any of you like to do.
4: As I see that they're bursting in the air, I'd like to take cover under something. And then when I see, you know, all this stuff going on, I'm going to look more closely at the burst one in the jar.
2: You pick up an umbrella from just a a vendor that left out some Welcome to St. Paxton umbrellas. And so you're kind of sheltered from this shower of light it's all just hitting your umbrella. And you step under the awning of a local bakery and you're examining the burst contents inside the vial. They look like they're trying to float back together. Edward. You arrive at your assigned parking spot.
1: Which has my other car in it? Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what's happening, Bellamy. Okay, hey, um... Did you... you you're gonna come in with me, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, if you want me to. Uh Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Okay, um... We have to go to the basement. That's where she told me to meet her.
3: Okay, uh, lead the way.
1: And we hurriedly go into the hospital. Is there any activity?
3: A
2: lot of the staff is out on the balconies and in the yard area, and they're all just looking up and watching as this glowing dust falls all over them.
1: I ignore all of that, and with egg tucked into arm, I steadily go down into the basement.
2: You get on the elevator, and you know exactly where Mary is. She always tries to use the same operating room. And you see her standing over Leo, and he's hooked up to a lot of equipment. A lot of this equipment is very strange. Uh, some might say weird. And she motions for you to come in.
1: Doctor Mason, I, I found what you asked me to locate.
2: I knew you would put it there. And she points to a, a little. The box is large enough to accommodate the egg and it has this mirrored sheen all over it so you can see yourself in it. And where it's joined at the corners, there's this really intricate copper plating all around the edges. So it's a very pretty piece and there's a network of tubes and wires that come from the bottom and go under a sheet and you assume onto Leo do you place the egg in the mirrored box I do when you place the egg in the mirrored box, and close it, nothing particularly amazing happens, but you hear a gentle hum, and you watch as this green fluid flows from the box and into your good friend, Leo. Leo. Dr. Mason's eyes look up to meet yours. Do you want to scrub in?
1: I nod and I immediately go over to the sink and I start scrubbing my hands and my arms up to my elbows. And then without touching anything else, I start placing on the long surgical gloves. I stand on the other side of the table from Dr. Mason, and I look over at Bellamy.
3: I think I'm going to stand, I guess, just off to the side where I can watch everything that's happening but not be in the way. This seemed very important to Edward, and... I am just going to support him until there's an issue, I guess.
2: You stand there for hours. I mean, you can obviously find places to sit. You can sit in the corner, all sorts of things. You don't have to be uncomfortable. Edward, Dr. Mason works in this fashion that you've never seen her work before. You've never seen her so thrilled. And you're both so in sync with one another. You barely have to speak to understand the needs of one another. But you realize you're missing so much of your surgical team here. And as you look around, you see that so many of the instruments that are placed around the room are doing a lot of the functions That your human counterparts would be doing at this time. You look at the clock, 4 a.m. The next time you look up, 6 a.m. You look over, and Bellamy is asleep in the corner. At 10 a.m., Dr. Mason closes. sure of what you've done, of what you've created. You're so tired. It's been more than 24 hours that you've been awake. You know that you're seeing the rise and fall of Leo's chest. And Dr. Mason, ...instructs you to take him back to his room. You get him back up... ...and you see that there's this... ...big purple mess of his abdomen... ...where you were working. And there's this film over his stomach... You look outside, and you see that that glowing firefly effect is still happening. It's very mesmerizing. Bellamy, you wake up, and the OR is empty. If you walk out, the nurses can tell you where Edward has gone. Do you want to join him? He watches, he sits beside Leo, holding Leo's hand, and just kind of gazing out the window, watching this neon, green, and yellow light rain down from the sky. But what you both don't see as you're mesmerized, as you're looking out, is that Leo has finally opened his eyes and he looks at you. bright, yellow, glowing eyes. And that's where we're going to call it.
1: Damn. He's alive!
0: (laughs) What have you done?
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, Restored one of my pillars.
3: (laughs) That's actually kind of fair. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Meanwhile one of your other pillars is unconscious. <laughs> and also at oh, So good true. job. Oh my god. <laughs>
3: hey. When one door closes another <laughs> one opens. Oh, no. This episode was produced and edited by Hiroshi, and the opening and closing theme was created by Rob Anderson. Find them on Twitter at Maybe Hiroshi and at potentially Rob. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at Typical Veronica. Mike is at One Gaming Lane. Fred is at I Think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlet Firefly. And you can find me at Definitely Stacy. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast stumbled upon during the recording? head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com cafpodcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out some of Geekly Inc.'s other shows, such as Inks and Issues, Cast of Thrones, and Transformation Sequence.
4: Hey everyone, it's Rob. As in-house composer of St. Paxton, I want to give a huge shout out
1: to Zach Sloan, who is not only a fantastic supporter of the show via our Patreon, but is also a fantastic musician in his own right. Thank you, Zach, for helping to breathe life into St. Paxton. It means the world that we have people who see
4: the value in what we're doing and want to get behind that. It's what keeps us going. So once again, thank you, Zach.